0: This is the Friends and Family Podcast. I'm Johnny Rogers. I'm on staff here at Orchard where I lead the programming of our Sunday morning worship services as well as the production team. I'm here with Dave Bartlett and Alice Shirey, two of our teachers. Dave, you led the teaching team for years, right? And Alice, you currently lead the the team. You're doing a great job. Thank you guys for for being here. Uh, I think the idea of this podcast uh, really became, uh, started earlier this week when we were, uh, you guys were talking in the hallway, I think, and I overheard you and I kind of came out and butted in and you let me be a part of the conversation. So thank you for that. But I just thought that what the conversation you guys were having was, uh, I thought could be really valuable for a lot of people here at Orchard. I know it was valuable for me just sitting there listening to it. So um, we kind of talked about maybe recreating it. And so here we are. Thank you guys for for being here. Awesome. Um, Alice, I know you've had a lot of uh, feedback about your teaching. Yeah. Yeah. uh, Grown children and kind of all the struggles that that creates Lots right struggles. Um, yep. you had your top 10 list yep and one of those was to listen correct yeah and uh yeah. i thought maybe you could just talk a little bit about about that
1: great great well thanks johnny Thanks, Dave. Yeah.
0: Uh, yeah.
1: I hope we can recreate what happened yesterday. You yeah. Know? <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, you know, I came into your office and I said I love so much of your teaching. Yeah. And I really love the listening part yep. of controlling your face. Yep. Because um, yep. that fits so much with all my years in youth ministry that yeah. your face can actually tell a person to stop sharing because you can't take it.
1: Exactly. Uh,
2: or... I hate this news or something. Exactly. And you were saying, keep your face. And then I was pushing, let's go farther. Let's yep. not only be ready with our face, let's be ready with our words. Yep. What words am I going to say to my daughter or my son yep. when they come in and share they just tattooed half of their body? <laughs> you know, not just what face. Right. But what words. And then also, am I going to go across the, am I going to practice going across the room and giving them a hug and saying, hey, I love you. Absolutely. You know. We just go as far as we can in listening.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I do think we should go as far as we can, but I think for so many of the people that I know for, for myself <laughs> and even for the people who talk to me after my teaching, even just the listening part yeah. is super hard yeah. because the first instinct, especially when our young adults share something with us <clears throat> that we disagree with, yeah, that we're freaked out about that scares us uh is that we start to start to want to tell them why we don't think they should have done it what we think they should do differently we start to give them advice we start to tell them all the reasons why we think they're wrong and what that does is immediately shut down the conversation yep so you know as i said in my teaching usually by the time your kid is a young adult your you're child is a young adult, the, the time for preaching, the time for giving advice, the time for always sharing your opinion with them is really over. Yes. And if you don't understand that, uh, they're going to simply stop coming to you Yes. with the truth about their yes. life. And so that's, I get, push, push, push. Let's, let's yep. even yep. go to words. But let's first of all start with the fact that if, 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 you, if, you, if, you, if you're not going to be willing to listen... And to ask open-ended questions without judging, you're going to have a, I mean, you're going to really have a hard time yep. having, in a relation, having an ongoing, quality, fun, loving relationship yep. with your young adults. Yep. Yep.
2: And I want to push, I, I totally agree. I want to yeah. push even farther. The only way most people will do it is if they actually practice. Right. So they need to practice right. their son saying, I was drunk and I got in a car accident. Yep. Now, what are you going to do with your face? What are you going to do with your words? Because for me, it doesn't happen right unless you've pre-thought it and you're intentional. Exactly. You don't wait till the moment and say, I'm going to listen. Nope. I actually practice listening in advance to things I hate hearing.
1: Yep. And so great opportunity then, like Johnny's sitting here with us. He has five Five, young kids, right? All 12 or under? Uh, 10 and under? 8 and under. Holy yep. buckets. <laughs> 9 <Okay>. soon. <laughs> okay. 9 okay. soon. Well, what a bunch yeah. of great opportunities then, especially as your kids go into middle school. I right. mean, right? right? right. So, right. With... But not now.
0: No. Right. Yeah, that's what I was wondering. No. Yeah, when not when for... could I start y- yes. doing some of this? What does letting... that journey look like? Yeah. Well, I
1: still think you can practice listening sure. to your daughter if she starts to talk about. I don't know, something with her hair or her clothes or something a friend said to her. You can, can, of course, and should teach, coach, guide, correct, but perhaps you spend a few extra minutes listening first for understanding instead of hearing something and immediately responding with an opinion because that's a pattern we can get into that I think plays itself out into our kids' young adulthood. So I'm not saying in any way... Don't guide, coach, correct, discipline, train, teach. Right. But if our first reaction, I learned this a lot from my husband, who's an incredible listener and question asker, even of young kids. Yep, yep. Listen now, for understanding first, and then do your guiding. Yeah,
2: there's another principle in this, Johnny, which we've taught around here a long time, is choose your battles carefully. So if your daughter wants to wear two different socks, that's yeah. perfect. Amen. If they want to wear clothes that don't match... That's perfect. Yeah. Um, if they want to yeah. do something weird with their hair that you and your wife don't really enjoy, you you choose your battles carefully because even when they're little, you want to teach them who they are and give them a little bit of a wide road. Yep. In uh, I remember teaching, uh, don't be in battles about how heavy a coat your kid wears to school. And one mom in our church said, all of a sudden we quit battling in the morning if my kids didn't even want to wear a coat to school. They'll learn that yep. they get cold. Just choose your battles carefully when they're little. But you do need the the boundaries, some boundaries, so kids learn how to bump up against boundaries and learn to obey. Yeah. Because they have to learn to obey in absolutely. their house. Absolutely.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And that's not what
0: we're talking about, no. really.
1: No, no, no.
0: Right, I think that's where I can get very confused on how where to go with some of this. Um, because yeah. my first instinct always is no. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if, if, if that's a normal thing or, if, you know, but... I say no a lot of times, and then I'm kind of wondering, why did I say no um, to that? And so uh, I think it is important to kind of have that mindset. Maybe you have to practice some of that as well. Like uh, you were talking about practicing how you react to your children. Maybe you need to practice not saying no right away. Oh, I think you do. I think so, some people,
2: and some people have to practice not saying yes right away. Right. right. I mean, you got
0: to practice so, so you're becoming the parent that you want to be. You need to almost have some, uh, figure out who you are, maybe yeah. find out where you tend to lean. Well, yep. just that knowledge
1: right. that you have, that self-awareness right. that I'm always saying no why is that? Let me let me think about that and think if that's how I want to be. That's really really important. I think sure. it's the parents who aren't self aware at all that I worry yeah. a little bit more about. But I think I think you know what I was trying to suggest, which I again learned from watching my husband, is to ask all those questions to try to understand what your child is wanting or what they're really asking. Um, mm. It gives you time to know whether or not I want to say no here or if this is an opportunity to say yes, or if I shouldn't say yes here, and this is really an opportunity to say no, and then explain why. Now, again, you don't do that with your two-year-old, but you might do that with your 10-year-old. And when we talk about young adults, I'm talking about young people um, who are advancing through college and then into their 20s and 30s. I mean, at, at that point, when your young people are on their own, either in their own jobs or careers or marriages or whatever, your time for flat-out giving unsolicited advice and preaching at them about how they should live their lives, it's done.
2: I think you should set that date right now. You should, Johnny. Mm. You got these little ones. You and Katie should say, when they're 18— that's when we're going to set them free from our opinions, and they're going to stand on their own as adults, or when they're 21. I don't, I'm not telling you what age to set, but set an age. My wife and I set 18, because we decided we wanted our kids to be living free of our uh, direction while they were still in our home as seniors in high school. But then you back that up, and we started in fifth or sixth grade saying, you go to bed when you want, because... Um, they have to start to learn how to control their own life and the first night our son was up all night so then he was dead tired the next day well he has to learn and and so you you don't get there in a moment you like back off from that whatever the if it's college when they go to
1: college right
2: senior year of high school you back off and say well if i'm gonna be there then what freedoms do i have to give them now
0: Right, I I just, when I was hearing you say at 18 be done, I was just thinking of all the dangers of that if you don't start earlier. Exactly. Right. And
2: and that happens to a lot of kids when they go to college. Right. Uh, The parents are control, control, control. They go to college and they go nuts for two years. They go nuts, exactly. Because they
0: haven't given them those freedoms to practice on. Yeah. So being intentional with that, how do I know when to start? Because if I I want to start now when, you know, say with an eight-year-old. Yep do you do the, do you do the same with each kid or do you kind of look at each kid differently and say, okay, this one can go to bed whenever they want, um, when they're eight or this one probably needs to be 10 when they do that. Do you you understand what I'm saying? Sure. Sure. Um, I
2: I think each kid is different. I think you probably try some of the things, but then you have to adjust. Yeah. Because uh, some, some kids, uh, uh, handle, but then, but then there's the whole thing. And I, uh, Alice either blogged about this, I think. Each of your kids is different, but it doesn't mean one's right and wrong. Mm-hmm. One, one of my kids didn't want to get good grades. he mm-hmm. did just fine. Uh, uh, so uh, you, you just have to have an adult view of all
0: of this right. going on.
1: Right, and it's hard. There's, there's, there, it, it seems to me like there's more pressure than ever on young families right now. There's a lot of things you guys are dealing with that our kids weren't facing, Uh, you know, I'm watching a lot of our, especially um, family, family friends who have young men um, who are launching out into the world who are addicted to video games, you know, Um, thankfully, that's just something that didn't get connected up in our house. And so we're not having to navigate that, Uh, you know, and I'm watching them drop out of college and it's or not even, you know, just be able to launch for some of these reasons. So each child of yours is different and your kids are different than somebody else's kids. This is the whole, you know, Paul, the apostle Paul talks about that we live now by the spirit and not by the law. I mean, there are some guidelines for things, but this is where couples have to work together. We can look at other families and see how they're doing. We can see how we did things. I mean, I had two daughters and then a son and The two daughters were different, but the son was really different, and I had to learn a whole new way of parenting, even when I was cocky enough to think I knew what I was doing. So every kid's different, you know? And every family's different, you know? We had friends who, if their kid uh, was late to school, they made them run or walk to school in the middle, dead of winter. I'd see those kids out on Prospect Boulevard, dead of winter. Eh. I, I scraped off the ice of my kid's car. And you know what I mean? They all turned out okay. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah, because the other factor is not just who the kids are, but who you are as the parents. Yep. Because we have our own narrative. We have our own journey. And uh, so that's an important part yeah. of it too.
1: I'm, I don't know if we're giving really great answers here, but it's just all pretty darn nuanced. Right. You know?
0: Right. It seems like a lot of times we make a bigger deal out of things than maybe they are. Um, (laughs) For sure. Dave, I think I've heard you say something about, I don't know what what the story was, but about a kid that, you know, they're not going to have a pacifier when they're 14 more than likely. Like, you don't need to worry about getting that pacifier out of their mouth when they're yeah, exactly the, the, the two-year-old date or whatever yeah i've
2: never met a kid who's eight and isn't potty trained <laughs> right so don't picture that
0: right don't they, be afraid if they of do that you have issues potty trained they're they're gonna work out by the time they're, they're 15 they're you gonna know. work
1: out yeah. are yeah. their rooms yeah. cleaned i mean and yeah, i get yeah, the importance yeah, of responsibility yeah.
2: yeah yeah and and i get how oftentimes as parents we're going down the wrong track i've told the story often my son was the heaviest kid in his class and so i got a computer program to help him lose weight count calories, do exercise. And then one day I was with some cheerleaders in high school, and I was realizing these were the most beautiful kids in our school, and their self-esteem was, like, way tiny. Mm -hmm. And my son was the heaviest kid in his class, and his self-esteem was really good, and what I was doing was wrecking it. Mm -hmm. And I went home and apologized to him and threw the program away. Wow. Wow. And see, that's a case where I thought I was trying to help him, Yep. Yeah. But what I was really doing was ripping away at his self esteem. Right. Yeah. And I mean, we do that all the time, Johnny. Yeah. We do that in a hundred ways with yep. our kids. Yep.
1: And Dave, was that driven, of course, by love, but also out of something else? Some, was fear. It some fear. Some fear. Yeah. yeah. And you know, if
2: we, uh, that's a whole other topic that we need to be intentional Huge. instead of fear based. Yep. You know, and that's what I was getting at in those other things, Johnny. It's like you don't have to be afraid you're going to have an eight year old who's uh, not potty trained or who still has his, uh, thing in his mouth, you know, pacifier. Pacifier. That's
1: one of the things I loved about watching my husband with our son. Both of our daughters were, uh, early on great athletes. William had a lot of allergies, um, and had a lot of passions and interests that weren't in the realm of athletics. My, my husband played college football, um, and I watched him, um, yearn for his son to have some experiences but also be super thoughtful and intentional one of my favorite pictures is of Will playing the violin in his soccer uniform he didn't love soccer he mostly just looked at this guy and had a runny nose Um, but that kid chose to play the violin picked his own violin teacher and practiced relentlessly and Chuck cheered him on now eventually Will became a great athlete in golf and swimming, but that did not come because he felt he had to prove something to his dad or win his dad's approval. I, yep,
2: yep. Chuck, we don't get to map out who our kids are.
1: We Really, our job is to, with, with God, watch our kids become themselves yep. and cheer them on. Yep. Right. Of course, with guidance and with discipline and with ditches, what you call ditches. But we don't get to make our kids become some little version of us or or become like the dreams we didn't get to have. Exactly. It's just a bad strategy. And and, and
2: dads are bad at that. You know, in all my years of working with teenagers, uh, dads think they're helping. You know, like I was a wrestler. Yeah, And I mean, my total experience of my three sons was they wrestled for two weeks, (laughs) two (laughs) weeks. And
1: then you just have to let that go. Yeah. So what? Yeah. You know, golf and tennis. Yeah. You know? And for many of us, our kids will pick something we weren't good at. Exactly. As a, right? (laughs) And I, and, and, and and yet we have to go back and think about how we were parented. I was parented by a uh, type A personality. So if I had a headache, I still went to swim practice because my dad's, Theory yep. was yep. there's nothing a good two-hour swim can't cure. Yeah. So when my daughter came to me, she was a swimmer when she was 10, and she said, I don't, I don't want to go to practice anymore. I have a stomach ache. I had to go in the kitchen and, like, talk to myself. Like, okay, like, what's the right thing to do here? Yeah. She has a stomach ache. She's 10. She's probably not going to be an Olympic swimmer. I think you should let her stay home. <laughs> you know? But a lot of us as parents have to go back and rework our own stuff. Yep. From our own childhood. Yep. So yep. anyway. So we, those are my thoughts on all of that.
0: that <laughs> we've I talked a lot about kind of raising the kids and maybe the younger kids. Yeah. Um I kinda wanna get back to the adult yeah. children stuff because I think that has uh drawn up a lot of interest. I know you've been, you know, kind of bombarded with emails yeah. and stuff from yeah. people and kind of really I think we've we use the term felt need around here. I think we kind of have stumbled upon a, a felt need. Yep. Um
1: although Dave would say we haven't stumbled on it. That's We've right. We've taught that's this true. for years and years, and people just <laughs> well, weren't able to hear. Ye- but.
2: Yeah, true. that's what I was going to say, Johnny. <laughs> yeah. And even now, when you go out in the hallway and people are talking to you, yeah. Alice, I know they're um, not grasping it as deep as y- y- We talked about this. It's like, um, um, well, I agree with what you said. I need to not give advice. Except for here's an area where I have to give advice.
1: That's what I've been hearing is parents will say, yeah, I totally agree with that. But listen to this thing about my son or my My daughter. daughter. And I want to tell them this. And I told them this. And I keep trying to tell them this. And they're not listening. And I'm sitting there looking at these people whom I love who are my friends in the church and thinking – Stop. What
2: what didn't you just hear? (laughs) Stop it. Yeah, because they think there's categories that are outside of what you're saying. So grades, obviously. You've got to give advice about grades. Yep. Or Or grandkids. Or 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 faith. Yeah. Or Going to
1: church, taking my grandkids to church, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Let's talk about faith.
2: Okay. Let's talk about the faith one. Because you had this thing, you need to talk about faith in a safe way. Yeah, You need to be safe be about Be a safe faith. place to yeah. talk about and it. And so people don't know this, Johnny, but in seventh grade as a church, we start to quit telling and we start asking.
1: Mm, um, say more about it. That's
2: a strategy. That's that a strategy. That yes. And that's seventh grade. <laughs> because, you know, all the time kids are growing up through sixth grade, we're telling them, telling them, telling them, telling them, planting seeds. Yeah. But at what point do you take a step back and go, what do you think? And so I learned in my own family. The time to do that is seventh grade. What do you think about the Bible? What do you think about our teaching? What, and just yeah. listen. And so and don't we're still freak telling out. them about <laughs> faith and freaking. Because middle school is when you try on different ideas. Yep. And, and So don't be surprised as a Christian parent if your ninth grader would come home and go, I think I'm going to be a Hindu. Yep. Oh, good. Tell me more. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. What are you don't learning? What did you... Yes.
2: Why would you say that? That's really good. I'm glad you're thinking. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So you look
0: at it as an opportunity. I look
2: at it as an opportunity. Right. To, because,
1: truthfully, Alice. If we love God and we believe in him,
0: yeah. why
2: would
1: we be afraid? And that's the thing. I think so many of us, when it comes to faith, are so scared yes. that Christian faith is a super fragile little flower. Yeah. That if we don't protect it with our very life, it's going to get quashed. Yeah. And I just, I, well, I, I think I probably used to believe that. But as I've watched my kids grow and go out into the world and have their faith challenged and challenge it themselves yes. and move away from some things and move back towards some things, I'm realizing that, that my job is not to put up these big walls around my kids and operate out of fear Because when I operate out of fear, I stop listening, I start preaching, I I start panicking, I don't watch my face, and I am a hindrance to their faith rather than a help. And again, I've watched my husband stay calm, stay collected, ask phenomenal questions, read whatever it is the kids are reading, and engage with them, and... And then the kids keep opening up and talking more. And maybe then they don't talk to us about their faith for two years, and then all of a sudden they swing back. Yep. And yep. we're the people yep. they come yep. to with yep. questions yep. and concerns and thoughts. Yep.
2: Yep. And I want to say it's not two years. It's, uh, you know, one of my sons was not active in the church for 10 years. Yep, It's fine. Yep. It's like he's on his own journey.
1: Yes. Let's, and let's God is not on a journey. mad at him or hateful toward him or walking away from him or condemning him. No. He loves him more than you can even imagine loving him. Yeah, and, and he's
2: calling him, and he's got the power. Yeah. God's got the power. Yeah. And so we need to relax. I remember uh, a high school uh, guidance counselor asking me, Dave, why are Christian parents so uptight all the time?
1: Yeah. And
2: I said, they're just afraid. They yeah. shouldn't
1: be afraid. Yeah. Because we have a God. Right. What but. do you think it is they're afraid of? What's the... Biggest
0: fear I, that you I, can think, I, I think of, underneath all that the that thing fears. you're
2: saying is like somehow this faith is fragile. Somehow it's like,
0: and that God is maybe right, like,
1: yeah, I got a like checklist or something, yeah, or, or be disproved or something, right? I, I, I,
2: or uh, you, you know, if my kid is checking out another religion, right. I actually want to celebrate that because right. I actually believe Christianity is true, right? Right? And as
1: they seek truth over time, right? it's great. Right. I remember with our son, William, um, he was involved here in chaos and then made the decision to not be involved in high school ministry. I then tried to force him into a high school ministry closer to us because we live in Waterloo. So, so he would maybe go to church group with some of the kids he knew. Um, he did that for a little while and then he stopped. And I thought, you know, of all of our kids, he's super intellectual and, uh, he just there's just something in his soul that just wasn't clicking. Yeah. and And so, you know, i I, I, I backed off. Um, he went to an Ivy League college and then he went to Cambridge, England, to study. And he fell in love with Evensong and the church services of the Church of England and started to read all the writings of John Calvin and Martin Luther, and became a Christian in you know no, medieval England almost and yeah. now is is so deeply faithful and committed um it it's been a huge lesson for me yeah. you know
2: yeah you don't get to determine his journey i don't you don't get to say he's this kid in junior high he's this kid in high school and he's therefore this kid in, i mean y- yeah
1: yeah and know. had i pressed him yeah i think i would have lost the his willingness to stay to allow me to stay with him in his journey. Yeah. And so this is
2: what parents don't get. They don't get the more I try to control, the less influence I actually have.
1: Yes. Can if, you say that if, again? Yeah. Say more, that really slowly. The
2: more I try to control my kid and his faith or his behavior or his grades, the more I try to control, the less influence I actually have. I have found as a yeah. dad... The more I let my kids just bless them and free them and encourage them, the more they come to me and say, dad, I want to know what you think about this, this and this. Yes. And so quit controlling, quit pushing, quit advising and let your influence grow.
1: Yes. And this happens like you're talking about. Slowly, slowly, slowly in the safety of your own home around sixth, seventh, eighth grade keeps continuing through high school. Now, if your kid demonstrates they can't handle the responsibility, right, you back up a little bit, right? There's no like speed limit you have to go. Right, right, right. Right? Except, you know.
2: As long as it's truly a responsibility, because a lot of parents give a little freedom, but then he doesn't do it the way I would do it. (laughs) And they call that. Right. He's not towing the line yeah 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 that's a big issue there it's like what are acceptable grades yes because one of the mistakes parents make is every time my kid gets to a certain level they raise the bar
1: how exhausting Mm. how exhausting and then and then the kid wants to disengage of course they do sorry of course they do no this is really really this is so critical because Yes, at 18, you do want your kids to stand on their own two feet, 100%. But there is a lot of life that's lived between 18 and, say, 28, which is the age of my oldest. Yes. And I can't imagine how Chuck and I would feel if we had sabotaged our influence. Yeah. And our kids were trying to navigate the early 20s without being able to call us. Yeah. Ask for, ask for our input ask us questions about how we would do things and still I I hear you know can you help us figure out a budget help me figure out which which law school I should go to would you guys process this with me you know at the same time making a lot of their decisions on their own but don't sabotage your influence, your influence. By, by gripping onto your burgeoning young adults, your people who are becoming young adults, and making demands that are just...
2: Yeah. They desperately need parents from 18 to 28, but they need a certain kind yeah. of parent. Mm-hmm. Carla and
1: Chestnut calls it the non-anxious presence. Yep. How can you be a non-anxious presence in your child's life and your young adult's life? That means you got to have have friends and your spouse and whoever else that you freak out with and have all the conversations about how should I do this? I'm nervous about this. I'm worried about that. But then when it comes to your young adult, you are a non-anxious presence for them. And you say, I believe in you. I'm here for you. I know you can do this. I'm proud of you. I trust you. I trust you. I'm watching you make this journey. Um, And you're your dad and I or your grandparents and I or just me, if you're a single
0: parent, I cheer you on. It was interesting you used the word journey there because I was thinking about um, just the journey that we all have. Um, And we use that terminology a lot around here. I mean, we have a class called The Journey, right? And uh, it seems like a lot of times as parents, what we're trying to do is control our child's journey. (laughs) Yeah, This is the journey that we want you to go down. And we don't let them have their own, right? Yeah. Right. And I'm thinking about right. my own journey. When you were talking about, uh, or one of you was talking about your your kids, and I was thinking about myself. My my dad was the youth leader. Yeah. Here at the church. Oh, and, that's a hard one. Right. Right. <laughs> and uh, um, during Big House, I didn't I didn't go to Big House because I didn't want to. I yeah. didn't want my my dad to be. I didn't want to be there with my dad as the leader. Just you know, it felt weird. Right. You know, and then and then I kind of just you know strayed for for a couple years just because of that whole thing, my, my parents being the, the leaders and stuff. And, and then one time during college, I was, you know, just at, at my, at my house and, uh, you know, there was people over there. I think it was like a holiday or something and people were there like drinking and stuff. And all of a sudden I came, I think I came back from a good Friday service because I was kind of leading that life where you kind of do, do the the dual thing, you know? And I just remember thinking, what am I doing? What am I doing here? Why am I sitting here with, you know, uh, going to a good Friday service and then coming back and forgetting all that and just, yeah. you know, leading this other lifestyle. And it just kind of clicked with me.
1: What a great question you to know? ask your own self. Right. right.
0: And I just, but now I'm just so thankful that my dad as the youth leader did not, um, force me to try to go to big house and didn't, right. and he let me have my journey so mm-hmm. that I could one day realize that I don't want to do this, Yeah. Right? Right. you know, and then I, just like your kids started asking questions and coming back yeah because you know, and- there are all yeah. these
2: moments that you can't manufacture that moment johnny right and your kids might not have that moment but that moment was a key part of your journey mm-hmm. right and that was between really you and god
1: right and that's the thing that we have to remember we think we're gonna try to control our kids journey hello god's got a journey for them and that when I listen to people share their narratives, their story of their lives in our journey class, which people from Orchard, especially hear when we do our Stories from the Seats um, teaching series, is very often, well, not very often, every single story I hear, people will look back and say, God has had me on this journey. I thought I was alone, but God's God was with me every step of the way, even in the dark, especially in the darkest places. The places I thought I was most lost or made the worst choices of my life, God was with me and he He used that in my life. And so when parents try to control our kids' journey and make it this perfect little journey, we're actually hampering them and and getting in the way of God and telling God we know better than him how... To guide and direct our kids lives now that in no way means we're not involved and invested i mean we're still involved and deeply invested yeah. but the days in of trying way. to control yeah. and and when i'm still tempted to do that will william gives me like a quarterback ranking like like I'll, if i drive with him or if he's at home for a holiday he'll give me he'll give me he'll start me with 100 points from the day and if i say to him don't you need to take your zyrtec or whatever for his allergies he's like mom you just lost 50 points. Like he'll just rank me. Yeah. He'll yeah. just tell me flat out, yeah. which is a gift to you. Really, oh, it's such it doesn't a loving like gift it. to me. It no, is it is. I once lost 95 points <laughs> while he was driving, like in one fell swoop, and I tried to gain them back, and he wouldn't give them to me. Yeah. So you know what? I mean, yeah, yeah it is a gift yeah. because yeah. he could just yeah. turn on me, yeah. Yeah. but and he loves me enough. Now to there's tell another
2: me. pressure that uh, is so huge in our culture, and we got to just debunk it. Is that I need to look good for other parents. <laughs> hmm. That I need my kid oh, to do this, this, and boy. this, so that with the other moms in my mom's group or my yep. Bible study or in my church, yes. I look good. And we just need to debunk that as hard. We need to take a hammer and smash that. We do. I don't care what you think of my parenting, Alice. I don't care.
1: I don't care what Johnny thinks. You know, I can't. I've got to, before God, do the best I can. Did you with feel my that kids. the whole time you've been in ministry, or was there ever a point like, Did you really feel that when your four kids were?
2: Yeah. Well, I used to teach the church this and hopefully it's partly where Johnny's dad got it. You hire me. You don't hire my kids. You don't get to tell my kids how they live their lives. And they're not a reflection of me. My kids are not a reflection of me. I actually hear people say, you need to live that way because you're a Bartlett. No. No. Wow. You figure out your journey. Yeah. I'm going to free you. And yeah. I've chosen this journey and I've been hired by a church. Yeah. And, but I hear it with moms and dads. It's like, man, I need my kids to be a certain way so I have an image. I felt that way. And Facebook just increases it Absolutely. or Instagram or whatever.
1: Absolutely. I, I, yeah. I felt that way. I don't anymore, but I certainly did when my kids were teenagers and I was teaching here. Yeah, I yeah, felt yeah. that it's a it's a very um immature way of thinking about life. But I felt that everybody was looking at my kids. My dad would say, nobody's looking at you <laughs> or your kids, right? Which is probably true, but I felt that way. And so when they challenged me or didn't want to come to church or raised a lot of really great questions about faith, questions I actually have about faith, but I didn't want my kids to ask them publicly, I, I felt scared yep. and I was mad, almost mad at them because it, I felt that it made me look bad. And you know what? My kids were onto that. They immediately knew what I was doing, yeah. um,
2: and we need to bring that to our teaching team and to our church staff again. That you you need to free your kids, yeah. And, and but we need to bring it to our congregation
1: too. Yeah, we do. And I, you know, one of the things that you know, I knew I was saying nothing new in this most recent teaching, but a lot of people came to me afterwards and talked about you know, I have one kid who still comes to church, but another of my child grown children doesn't believe, doesn't come to church, et cetera, et cetera. And it's as if they were confessing something to me that they've carried as a real burden uh, and a real shameful thing in their own life. And I I I don't I don't know what more we could possibly say except to say to them, do everything you can to be in relation loving relationship with this other human being who is your adult child. Don't label them. Don't assume God has made a judgment on them permanently, right? Don't treat them any differently. Yep. Love them. Ask them about their life. Don't push and, don't yeah, Push exactly. fake on them. And realize they're still on a journey. And that I nobody mean, here at Orchard is judging them no, or you.
2: No, no, that's exactly right. We're
1: just not. It's just not who we are. It's
2: not who we want so to be. It's not who we're going to be.
1: That's huge. If parents from a young age can learn... To stop thinking their kids are a direct judgment on their own yeah. faith and um, their own life, it would be really, really helpful.
0: So, yeah, Dave, I want to hit one more, um, one more topic here before we kind of shut this down. Um, grandparents and grandparents being assistant coaches. I wonder yeah. if you could just maybe speak to that, obviously. Yeah. You're in that. You know, role I've been now. teaching
2: that for a bit and uh, I get lots of feedback on that, Johnny. Yeah. That uh, my point of view, I've been both an assistant and a head coach in athletics, in high school level. So I really get uh, how this works. And so uh, in my mind, my children now are the head coaches with my grandchildren. And I get to support these head coaches as kind of an assistant coach. But I need for them to help me know what my role as an assistant coach is, and I need to be within their boundaries. Mm -hmm. And we hear this all the time. It's like the head coach, the parents of the kids, says, I would like you just to get them one present for Christmas. And then grandparents completely ignore that and get them like 15 presents for Christmas. And so that's a head coach that ought to be fired. Uh, you mean an assistant coach an assistant <laughs> coach. yeah yeah as yeah. <laughs> an, an assistant coach an assistant coach that ought to be fired yeah you know? so what
1: but, should a, but what should a young adult do then with that parent who breaks e, the e, head coaches yep yeah, quietly
2: remind them because again you don't have control uh it's the same issue right quietly gently uh remind them hey this is my role And of course, if you've got a parent and they're out of bounds and they're always out of bounds, there's not a huge amount you can do, but you can set up boundaries and they might see their grandkids less because um, uh, they're not that safe in the way we're trying to raise them. So. I, I, you know, it's easy for me to talk to grandparents right. and say, Hey, I'm a grandparent. I know that I know a lot about raising kids that my kids don't know. Right. But that's not the issue. Right. The issue is I need to support and encourage them. Right. Now, right. If, the, if it's the kid, the the adult child, right. They, they need to honor the assistant coaches. Yeah. But, but, um, but they do have some bounds.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And this is another place where things get really tricky really messy I don't know this from the perspective of having grown kids with kids yet yeah um, but I know it from being the mom of kids with grandparents all living in town yeah um and it's it's a hard road it's a hard road because I think all of a sudden the grandparents feel like this is another chance where they can like offer unsolicited advice and preach and share all of their vast amounts of wisdom about raising kids even if they're young adult children have not asked for it yeah and uh that's another place where they need to the grandparents listen be available be a non-anxious presence yep. and mostly keep your mouth shut unless yep. you're asked for input or advice or assistance yeah
2: check your opinion at the door yeah you know, we have the incredible privilege of uh having uh uh, three of our children in the neighborhood. Yeah. And so I go, I'm free to visit their homes and all that. Yeah. And they don't have to worry if their home is tidy enough for me. Right. They don't have to worry if things are picked up right. or the langu- right. you know? Yeah. And, and that's so important that I check so my important. opinion at the door yeah. and just, just, I don't even have to form opinions Right. about what they're doing.
1: And that's, again, they'll pick that up. If yeah. you were judging them, they would know it. Oh, they would you know said it in a minute. Yeah. 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 I watch. It's just not
2: staying quiet. It's actually
1: not forming the judgment within yourself. Right, right. And that's really, really important. My dad still to this day says a lot to both Chuck and me when we're together. You are doing such a great job of raising your kids. Um, You know, he's 80, 80, I'm 50-something, and my heart just swells every time he says it. So the more you assistant coaches can say to the head coaches, you're doing a really great job, even if... Even if you think maybe your kids aren't doing the world's greatest job, are there three or four things you can find?
2: Exactly.
1: You are, you know, say some very specific things and don't do it in a manipulative way. Don't do it in a snide way, a passive aggressive way because. This takes humility. Yeah, it does. A lot
2: because I look at my kids and I, it's easy for me to say they're doing a better job raising their kids than I did. Yeah. And th- that takes some humility, but in my case, it's actually true. <laughs> <laughs> now, are they doing everything?
1: No. Yeah. Yeah. But it doesn't matter. No. Dave, as a
0: grandparent, um, kind of going back to that example, like with the with the presents or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Um, how do you maybe do, use it? Do it differently for the different families that have different rules? Yeah. Does that make sense? Wow, so, that's like, a good one. Yeah. Plan, you have four kids. Yeah. Yeah. Three of them with grandkids. Yes. Right. Um yes. So how do you say? What if
1: one of them wants fifteen yeah, gifts? I'm yeah, thinking. Yeah. I'm thinking
0: of my my mom who uh, you know loves to give presents. Yes. You know, and we kind of do just get come home with a you know a truckload. A truckload. Exactly. <laughs> you know, and then we're left wondering what to do with it all. Yeah. But um, but that's one of her her love languages. Yeah. To, to give give gifts. And see, right? Johnny, that's how you're
2: honoring her. Right. You're understanding who your mom is. Right. Yeah. Right.
0: So, but what if I say, Mom, I only want you to get each kid one gift. Yeah. Um. And then my brother says five gifts, and my sister says eight gifts or something. Yeah. How how do you do that as a grandparent?
2: Yeah. Well, you've got to figure it out, right? You've got to negotiate it. You've got to figure it out. I mean, uh, I mean, there's a lot of ways you could attack that one problem. You could deal with value. So I'm gonna I'm gonna give your kid one one gift but it's going to be a hundred dollar gift sure and i'm going to give so-and-so's eight gifts but together they're going to be a hundred bucks you know i mean there's a lot of i'll tell you where we run into this is when we vacation together and our kids and our children Put the, our grandchildren to bed at different times, oh, or yeah. they have different eating rules. Yeah. yeah. Oh so man. And so then you're sitting at a table. <laughs> this is why you shouldn't vacation yeah. <laughs> that often with all your people. No, right. I mean it's beautiful because then uh, together as a family, you got to figure out how are we going to do this week together.
0: Right. So wow. would you recommend doing it together as a family, like sitting down well, and well, saying, "If you had
2: just... enough, if you had good enough relationships, I definitely would recommend that." Okay. Now, if you don't have that kind of relationship or ability yeah. to talk, yeah. uh, then you'd probably have to do it one-on-one. Mm-hmm. But if you could do it together, I mean, that's what we've had to do about sleep because it takes negotiation when we're on vacation. Yeah. One kid normally goes to bed at eight and the c- cousin goes to bed at 1130. <laughs> I mean, then you got to kind of negotiate. How are yeah. we going to do it together as a family?
1: Is this kind of too a pick your battles thing? Like those things is. are, of course, important. Yeah. But what you feed your kid, how many gifts you give when people go to bed are probably not wor- worth World War II. Exactly. Right? Like, right. And, and so this is communication. It's keeping things in perspective. I think those things become World War II when there's deeper things yeah. underneath. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so. Yeah. Yeah. Or, if, or if the thing is, I've got to have
2: everything my way. Yeah. The food, the presents, the, yeah, I've got to have every, then that's
0: the deeper issue. Right, then you yeah. might yeah. want to. Then that's a power issue.
1: Th- yeah, and yeah. that's a whole nother podcast. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I think this is a good place to maybe wrap this up. Thank you guys for doing yeah. this. We'll see kind of where it goes, and maybe we'll uh, we'll do it again. Awesome. What do you think? Awesome. Good. Go All right, thanks Thanks, for Johnny. Day. That'd
1: be great.